So good to see you all. Good morning to you. Oh, we could do better than that. Good morning to you. Oh, it's so touching. The Lord is so sweet. Father, we thank you that your word is true. Your word helps us. And Lord, change us through the truth of the word taught by God's spirit. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You got a Bible? Got your Bible? Hold it up, hold it up. Let's see it, let's see it, let's see it. Good, 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 good. This is actually the fifth message. And you know, as long as I've been here, I have never taught a series on biblical authority until this time. I don't know what I don't know why I didn't do that. This is lesson number five, and it's uh, it's so touching to all you children. You'll just say, "Wow, I came such a wonderful time." Say the title with me, please. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, before I look at the passage, let me just review just uh, just a little bit. And if you're under the age of 25, you're 25 and under. I want to see your little hand. You're 25 and under. Go ahead. Hold them up. Let's get them up here. Let's get them up here. Okay. Your pastor is making a statement. Would you like for God to do extraordinary things in your life? Over your lifetime, would you like to do? Would you like for him to do that? You're 25 and under. <clears throat> okay, take notes, pay attention. Let's not leave anybody out. How many are over 25? And if you're over a lot, hold both hands up. <clears throat> Maybe a couple feet up. Okay. So if you're over age 25, this is not going to leave you out because the blessing is still yours. But you need to think bigger, longer. You need to think about generations. Would you like for God to work in your family for generations? Would that be yes or no? That would be yes. Okay, I want you to take notes. I want you to pay attention. <clears throat> this teaching, when I was 22, changed my life. When my brother was 25, we heard it at the same time. It changed both of our lives. It took practically all the anger out of our family because of the principles taught here. Now, we started, I don't know, six weeks ago, something like that, talking about spiritual authority. And Paul started off Romans 16, verse number 1. This is how he started he said, he said, let every person say that. Let every person be subject, say be subject to the governing authorities over them. Now, this was a hard thing. They were under Roman occupation. The emperor on the throne was the most wicked of all emperors and actually took Paul's life and had the apostle Peter killed too. So be submissive is a King James version of the same word. It means we all, all of us, need to learn to follow. All of us need to learn to fulfill the wishes of people that God has put in our lives and especially above our lives. Because here's the deal. And you may not have connected this, But you may have struggled in family and relationships for a long time. You struggle at work. I got some friends that can't stay in the same job every two to three years. And it's because they never learn to follow. And if you don't learn to follow, God will never promote you into being a leader. With his blessings. Now here's the word, key word. I think this is the third Sunday we've thrown this word out. And the word is 
deference, say that please, deference, if you're watching online, deference. Uh, We don't even use that word in our culture anymore, but it is a powerful word. Well, what does it mean? It means I will learn to prefer others first before I prefer myself. That's the secret to a good marriage. It's the secret to raising good kids, secret to having a good, strong church. Secret to family is this word deference. Even if you've never heard of it, you got to learn the principles. It's the secret to having a stable church. If you're going to start a business, you got to learn this. If you want to be looked at by your company as one of the best employees, you have to learn this. You got to learn this. You have to learn this word deference. Now, many Americans, before I even read the verse, should I read the verse or just get myself in trouble? I think I'll read the verse. Then I'll get myself in trouble. So let me read the verse, okay? It starts off, that's Ephesians 6. You got it? Everybody got it? You ought to mark this in your Bible because you, you not only need to know this, you got to teach it. Children, obey your parents. The next words are very important. What does it say? In the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor. What does it say? Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Everyone say the word promise. Underline that word promise. There's two promises in the next verse. You're 14. And you want God to bless you. You're 22. You want God to bless you. What's the promise? Verse 3. So that it may go well with you. You want good things to happen in your life, not bad things. And that you may live long. On the earth. Now, a lot of Americans, the way they raise their kids, none of you guys for sure, but I've heard of people like this, would invert this verse and make it sort of like this. Parents, obey your children. But that's kind of the way our culture is going. Our culture is kind of like kid-friendly, house-friendly, and a six-year-old Wears the pants in the house. The six-year-old tells everybody. The 10-year-old, 14-year-old tells everybody what to do. But they would go, parents, obey your children so you can keep appeasing the little monsters. I'm sorry, the precious children. (laughs) And ruin them completely. So they are no earthly good for society and some poor woman that marries them. And you gave that poor woman a train wreck as a husband and it was on you. I'm sorry. I may be preaching today. Sorry. And give great devil, great devil, great glory to the devil. Okay. Okay. Well, let me give you four reasons from this passage If you're 14, 44, 64, why children should obey their parents? Number one, obeying your parents actually pleases God. Well, who would have thought that? Well, God thought it. And this is not in your notes. There'll be a number of things in your notes. But your pastor is giving you counsel From many years of advice. Whatever you do, you keep your children in church. Even if you move to Kansas or you move to Cambodia. It doesn't have to be at this church, but you keep your children in church. Well, they're old enough to make their own decision. They're eight. You don't give them a decision about... Changing their socks or brushing their teeth or going to school. 
Don't give them a choice about going to church. And if you're not in a good church, find a good church where the word of God is taught. Why, pastor? Two reasons. Our culture is melting down rapidly. And if you you want your children to walk with God and have common sense and thrive, you better work to help your children have godly allies. Because there's so many hours against them through media, culture, stuff they get at school that's going to try to pull them away from God. So you need to keep them under the ministry of the word, under worship, hanging out with godly people, being mentored. Maybe there's no man in your home. Well, there's some good men here that will love your kids and be role models for them. Now, let me tell you what my father did. My father, I'll show you a picture of him later on. My dad's father abandoned the family. He was raised by a single mother who was a school teacher. He had a grandfather that impacted my dad. But one thing my grandmother insisted on is that her kids would be in church. And so when my father got out of World War II, he was a flight engineer on a B-29. He uh, met my mom at Clemson. They moved to her hometown, and they started a family, and my dad never said it. He just lived it. That was his boys were going to church. And we were in a church that was so dead, we'd had to jack it up to bury it. (laughs) The Bible was never taught from the pulpit. I have no idea what they said. The gospel was never shared. We were never a praying church, never a missions church. And it was just good people go to church, bad people don't. My dad didn't know any better. My mom didn't know any better. But here's what that still did for me. My dad said, you will be in church on Wednesday night. You will go to Sunday school. You will go to church. You will go to youth group. And you will come back on Sunday night. Man, it was the biggest boring moment ever. There's a lot of people that work hard so your kids are not bored. Your kids are taught. You ought to be appreciative of these people. But let me tell you what that did for my brother and I. Even though we ran with the devil's crowd Friday and Saturday, that kept us just close enough, just close enough that I had a consciousness of God even though I didn't know him and my family didn't pray and my family didn't read the Bible. There was a consciousness of God. Are you with me? Are, are you tracking with me? So dads, how many of your dads? Hold your hand up. I want to see your hand. Dads, uh, don't be ashamed. It's okay. You can hold your hand up. It's okay. This is on you. Don't you sleep in. Don't you influence your kids and family not to be in church. You tell them we're going to church and we're going to serve God and it's on you, dads. It's on you. Now, that's good preaching. Thank you, dads. I appreciate that. You thank me later. Okay, so as Christians, the one we want to please the most is the Lord. And so if we learn to please the Lord, we're going to do well. Now you notice it doesn't just say obey your parents. That's not, that's not enough. It says obey your parents. And if you're under 12, what does it say? Uh, What? What's, it's on the screen. What does it say? Say it under 12. How many? In the Lord. Why is that important? Because the Lord wants us to obey our earthly parents because it pleases him. He knows at times it doesn't seem easy or fun or even that they are right. But this is what God wants us to do. Because he said it. 
And he repeated it a bunch. And it's not because your parents are so smart. The older you get, your parents will get smarter. I don't know how that happens. I, I don't know how. It's a miracle. Well, my dad was pretty sharp. I didn't, didn't think that. And it's not because they deserve it. It's because the Lord said, I want you to do it. And as Christians, we need to love our parents. We need to honor our parents at any age. My father went home to be with the Lord when he was 74. And late in life, he turned to the Lord with a passion. And my mom went home to be with the Lord at age 86. I still, I would drive around here in Lexington. I'd call my mom just to chat and tell her I loved her. She lived 400 miles away. And sometimes for a year after her death, I would reach for my phone, pull it up, and start to dial her number. And I went, oh, my cell service does not work where she is. So at any age, we are to honor our parents. We're to love our parents because this shows that you love God. And if you get out of your home and you don't love and honor your parents, you probably won't love and honor God either. Now, there's some parallel verses to this. Ephesians 5 that we covered last week. Starts off saying we are to be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. Well, what does it mean? Does that mean I'm afraid of God? No, no. It means I respect him above everything. Or you can say it this way. I will obey my parents. I will love my wife. I will respect my husband because I love God. And it takes the pressure off of having to figure out, well, do they merit my respect? Maybe not. But the Lord says, you do it unto me. You respect me. I want you to respect them. Then another parallel passage is Colossians 3, verse 20. And Paul writes, this is well. Can you repeat that word? This is well. and This is pleasing. Say that. It is pleasing. To the Lord. How many want to please the Lord? Let's see your little pleasing hands. I want to please the Lord. I want to please the Lord. Well, well, I got questions, Steve. This is not easy. It's not. Simple, but not easy. What if my parents are not Christians? It may be even more important. Why? Well, if your parents are not believers or they are nominal believers, they're churchgoers, they don't know the Bible, they don't walk in with the Lord, they're just doing the best they can, here's why. You still owe them. You owe them respect. You owe them your love. Well, my dad's an alcoholic and my mom is mean as a snake to me. I get it. And some don't set yourself up to get abused by them. But you still ought to be prayerful. You still ought to look for ways you can help. Because you never know when dad will give his heart to Christ. And because you've been a witness and you didn't cut them off. You didn't slam the door in their face. You weren't rude to them. You were always respectful no matter if they were wounding and hurtful. Why? Because that's what God said to do. Now, I've got a picture on the screen. Most Americans may not have ever seen this and don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Uh, If you're under 15, what is on the screen? Can anybody tell me? The, The what? The eight commandments? The four? Four commandments. How many? Ten. Ten commandments. Wow. Ten Commandments. We were so smart when we took them out of our schools and courthouses. Wasn't that so smart? That's a joke, kids. It was a joke. It was not smart. So if you're under 
let's say, 11, which number of the 10 has to deal with the topic we're talking about today? Which one? I hear one, I hear five, do I hear six, do I hear seven? What number? That would be number five. Do you know why it's number five? You see the Ten Commandments, the order is very important if you've never seen it. Well, what's the order? The first four deal with our relationship with God. The remaining six deal with our relationship with people. So the first of the second group is number what? Help me. Because if we don't get that one right, our marriage won't be right. Our work won't be right. We won't feel good about ourselves. Nothing will work. Because it is the first relationship any of us have. Now, let's say your parents not only don't know God, they mock God. Here's what you do. Change your bad attitude. And some of you may need to come to the altar at the end of the service and say, Lord, I am so sorry because I've been so disrespectful to my parents. I've been so ugly. I've been so vindictive to them. I want to change my bad attitude. Listen, your humble, loving, respectful attitude might be the best witness they will ever, ever, ever have. These are my parents. Late 60s, when this picture was taken. This message changed my life. I was 22. My dad was a good man. My dad was a 200-pound tough guy. He had a big-time will. He was smart. We owned several businesses, and we farmed, and my brother and I worked for my dad, and some of my friends would say, oh, it's easy working for your dad. I go, are you kidding me? If you could work for my dad, you could work for anybody. And my dad had an idea, oh, we're going to get it done, and we're going to do it right now, and you're going to do it my way. And my brother was strong-willed and hard-headed like my dad. And we would be on a work site. And they would get in each other's faces. And they would start arguing and pointing and bowing up, we called it in the South, and neck veins and everything. And I learned it to be a little bit of a diplomat because I would stand there and go, not me. I do not want to get hurt today on a job site with a two-by-four upside my ribs. I do not want to do that. But I heard this message when I was 22, and my brother heard it at the same time, and we repented of our disrespect. We repented of of our argumentative nature. And we loved our dad. And whatever he said, we said, yes, sir. And if we weren't crazy about his idea, we learned to negotiate with him instead of hitting him hard in his face. And my dad went from having two rebels to having two partners, two loving, respectful sons. It took all the anger out of our house. And I watched my dad, instead of just going to church, fall in love with Jesus. And I watched my mom, who just didn't know any better. She'd start reading her Bible at night at 10 o'clock and I'd find her asleep with her Bible in her lap, and I'd never seen her read the Bible. Well, you say, Pastor, what if my parents are weird? If your parent is here today and they're weird, would you just point at them or raise your hand and go? 
How many have weird parents? Hold your hand up. My kids have weird parents. One of them is weird. One of them is pretty good. Can I say this? Because I still think like a teenager, all parents are weird. They don't know what they're talking about. Unreasonable. All parents are weird. Well, can I give you another spin on that, baby? If your parents are weird, they had you, which makes you... You're weird too. You're weird squared. And can I, can I just be honest with you? If you come to this church and, and weird is okay, right? Weird is okay. Let's say it together. Weird, weird is okay. If you come to this church, you're weird. You just are. You just are. Because I'm weird. We're just all kind of... 30% off the plumb line. I mean, we're just different. Everybody's different. And if you're my friend, you for sure are weird because I only have weird friends. My wife would say, why are your friends weird? I go, because well, I am. I am. I retract. But what if my parents are crazy? What if they're crazy and weird? Well, Just to be honest with you, if your parents are crazy and weird, you probably drove them crazy. It's all your fault. You did it. Well, this is important. At what age do I stop obeying my parents? That's a good question. It's a great question. As a teen... Grows into adulthood. How many teenagers do we have? Let's see your hand. Teenagers, hold your hand up. Okay, there's two of you, four of you, eight of you. Okay, as you grow into adulthood, you should see, I hope, an attitude change of maturity. Stuff starts making sense. You can actually control what comes out of your mouth. You're actually kind. And you actually sometimes think before you act, just occasionally, occasionally. And so here's the change. You move when you start getting into adulthood from obeying your parents to serving your parents. That's when a really good friendship happens when you become friends with your family and your adult kids become friends with you. And just as a family, you want to serve your parents as best you can. You can't do everything, but there's a lot of things you can do. And here's what else this means. You're going to honor them all their life. You're going to respect them all their life, even as imperfect, or even mean as they are, you're going to respect what you can in them. Well, what if my parents ask me to do something wrong? Well, it does happen. What do you mean? Define wrong, please, Steve. Here's wrong. It's immoral, which means evil to the core. Or it's illegal. We have laws in Kentucky about that. Dad cannot do that. I'm not going to do that. Now, this does not rule out, well, I just don't want to do what they ask. Uh, 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 uh. I said immoral or illegal. Well, what if it's immoral or illegal or it makes absolutely no sense? Here's what you do. You learn to appeal. Everyone say appeal. Appeal to them. That's a biblical process. I spent 45 minutes on this three weeks ago. The notes are there. The video is there. It's what Daniel did. It's what Esther did. And if you're going to be a Christian in the marketplace or you're going to have peace in your family, there's going to be times you have to learn to appeal, not fight. Give your authority other options. And there's a time... When you suffer for doing wrong, but that's not at this moment. If you're if you're an adult 
you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, and your parents are older, <clears throat> there may come a time that you're going to have to set boundaries with them. Let's not go into details. What do you mean boundaries? Mom, honey, I can't talk to you 15 times. I'm at work today. We, we can't do that. Uh, you can't have mom over because every time mom's over, she tries to destroy stuff. Or mom, I can't drive to Salt Lake City every week and have breakfast with you on Wednesdays because I work a job and I live in Charlotte. But let me do this. Let me look on my calendar and let me schedule some times. I can come with Salt Lake. Salt Lake and I can hang out with you and we can have a good time. See, if you don't set some boundaries sometimes, you will start resenting them and getting angry and bitter at them. Then you're, you just close your heart to them. Don't do that. Set some, some kind of boundaries. Are you, does that, is that helpful? Say amen. Is that helpful a little bit? Okay. Number three. And if you're under the age of 14, would you say this out loud? I want to make sure you get it. We'll say this over and over. If you're under 14, say it out loud, please. Never, say it please, never do wrong or evil just because anyone asks you. Don't do evil. Tell them no. Walk away. Call somebody and let them know. When it comes to your parents... Children of all ages don't do these things. Now, you are probably a perfect teenager, right? Do I have any perfect teenagers in here? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so don't argue. You don't need arguing in your house. Don't argue. Learn to deal with stuff. In a godly way. Don't fight with your parents. It's not going to help you. You're going to get grounded. For all that stuff coming out of your mouth. Don't you go there. Don't make excuses for bad behavior. Well my friend did this. Or my teacher did that. No. Own it. And I love this one. Don't complain. Do I? Did anybody here complain? You complain. Complain about your family. Complain about work and no whining. Everyone say, no whining. My wife fixed my boys so they would never whine again. You know how she did it? Would you like to know? It was so smart. She had a policy. No whining. If I catch you whining, you get an automatic no. That took all the whining out. I don't care what you want to do. You whine. And no whining. Who wants to have whining in their house? Nobody. <clears throat> or this, bad attitude or pouting. Do I have any people that pout? Turn to your neighbor and see if their little lip sticks out. Go ahead, Trug. And do not be disrespectful to your parents. Hold your tongue. Don't you say it. Why, Pastor? God sees disobedience to parents as rebellion toward him. And your parents may let you get away with it. I'll make you a promise. God will not let you get away with it. Just because you say something tomorrow doesn't mean God's going to bring his hand of discipline against you the next day, but it is coming. Why why is it coming? Because he promised it was coming. He's not like your mom that lets you get away with stuff. I used to think God let me get away with all kind of stuff. I could just say forgiveness and please and go right on. And then I learned he was very strict with me. And there are seven verses that say this. Those that the Lord disciplines he loves. 
you maybe have never thought about this. <clears throat> Spanking is kind of out of the American culture uh, in most places, except in heaven. Did you know heaven spanks? Did you know that? You know, if you're going to be a knucklehead and you keep disobeying the Lord, you know what he will do? He will come after you with a switch. And if you are too smart and you think you can outrun him, he will go from a switch and he will keep making it harder and tougher. All it takes for him is to reach out and grab your checkbook. To tell your boss at work, fire by son. I tell you, if you bounce 25 or 30 checks, God can get your attention really fast. So one of the fastest way to ruin your life is to disobey your parents. Number two, what's the second reason? The scripture says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is the right thing to do. We live in a culture of anger, chaos, division, ugly words. And maybe, I hope that's not your house. I hope that's not your marriage. I hope that's not your kids. I hope you're not giving that back to your kids. But if that's happening, there's somebody in the room helping aggravate it. And you're falling into his hands. If the devil can captivate, command the American family, he can destroy the nation. And we have to be better. We have to do what the scripture says. It is a foundation. Honor, respect is a foundation of any culture. In the last five to ten years, this has become one of my favorite verses. Can I read it to you with great feeling and great passion? You shall stand up in the presence of the gray-headed. And honor your elders. Because you fear the Lord, I am your God. And I want to give a personal testimony. Church of the Savior is increasingly making me more honorable and more honorable by the week because I have more gray hair on my head. And you guys are putting it there. Thank you. So sweet. So sweet. You know what else that means? If you're in seminary or you're at the university or you're on the job site learning plumbing or you're in a chemistry lab You're in a hospital learning to be a nurse. Look for the people with gray hair. Because they know what they're talking about, by and large. If you don't learn to obey your parents, one day you'll get married. And if things aren't right in the home you came out of, When you get married, things will be worse in your new marriage. And your children will treat you worse than you treated your parents. Well, why, why, Steve? Why would you say that? Because Galatians says we reap what we sow. God can't be mocked. You can't sow evil and think it won't come back against you. Now, there's two things about sowing and reaping. You can sow kindness or you can sow condemnation. You can sow mercy or you can serve anger. You can plant it. But the crop will always come up. It's always later. 
and it's always greater. And in our culture, it kind of looks like this. What goes around, what comes around. Point number three. Obedience shows that you honor and respect your parents. Verse two, honor your father and mother. And I'm just curious. I'm going to ask you guys under age 15, is this to honor your your father and mother is would this would you classify this as a suggestion? Is it a suggestion? Or is it a good idea? Or is it something that God wants? Or is it something else? What is it? It's a command. If you want to live well, if you want to be smart, this this is how the thing rolls. <clears throat> I want to tell you a short story. Most of you have never heard this story. I've never heard it. It's called the Old Grandfather's Corner. Grimm's Fairy Tale. Written in the year 1812. How do you think it starts? Once upon a time. There was a very old man who lived with his son and daughter-in-law. His eyes were dim. His knees tottered under him when he walked. And he was almost so deaf he could not hear. As he sat at the table, his hand shook so violently that he would spill the soup and get it all over the tablecloth or on his clothes And sometimes he couldn't even get the soup to his mouth. His son and daughter were so angry and annoyed at him to see his conduct at the table that at last they put a chair for dad in the corner of the house. And they put a screen up so they wouldn't have to look at him, but he could look at them. They gave him meals in an earthenware basin away from the rest of the family. And sometimes he would just look at the table with tears in his eyes, but he never complained. One day while he was thinking sadly of his past, his hands trembled and the earthenware basin that he was holding dropped from his hands and broke on the floor. The young wife leapt to her feet and scolded him for being so careless, but he didn't say a word. He just sighed, and then she brought him a wooden bowl that she bought for one penny in the market and started putting his food in the wooden basin. Some days afterwards, his son saw his little boy, age four, in his own workshop, sitting on the ground, and he was trying to fasten together some pieces of wood. And the father asked his four-year-old boy, Son, what are you making? I'm making a little bowl for you, Dad. And I'm making a bowl for Mama to eat from when I grow up. The husband and wife looked at each other and without saying anything for minutes and tears started running from their face and they went back and got dead and brought him to the table and treated him with kindness from that point on. You see, God did give us imperfect parents. All of them are flawed All of them we wish we could change. But we have lessons to learn. And if we don't learn humility and kindness and forgiveness and go in the second mile, we won't become the people God wants us to be. You see, our parents are the first teachers God gives us. Well, Steve, I don't even know what honor is. Well, let me show you. Honor means to have high regard for someone. Do you know who this woman is? Who is this? 
Queen Elizabeth, this is her last time here in Lexington. <clears throat> she came five times. This was 2007. <clears throat> and whenever she came to Lexington, she got high regard. That's honor. God told us to do it. <clears throat> Not based on whether they earned it or based on whether they deserved it. God said to give honor to whom honor is due. That even means caring for your parents <clears throat> as long as they need help. Now this is tricky. Are you ready? It also means because you were raised in a Christian home. You were taught honesty. You were taught integrity. And it means you're going to live your life in a way that's going to bring honor to your parents. Because of how you choose to live. Well, how does this work? Well, here's how it works. Are you ready? If you can't give respect in your first family... If you can't give honor in your first family, <clears throat> you're setting yourself up to have a hard life. And many people never learn this character quality of deference, <clears throat> which means, again, I'm going to prefer you over what I want. That's a sign of nobility and maturity. And this is the most important thing I'll say to you folks under age 20. Are you ready? Are you ready? Selfish people never have good lives. Because they think life is about them. Life is never about us. Here's the fourth reason. Worship team, would you guys get ready and come on out, please? I think when I used to talk to my youth groups long ago when I was a volunteer youth pastor and I'd see them fighting with their mom or arguing with their dad or doing stuff in the parking lot, whenever I'd sit down either an individual team or the whole group, it would seem like this is the one that always got their attention. What? There's two promises here. There's blessings here if you do what verses 1 and 2 talked about. Well, what are they? God says, I promise you I will make this happen if you do this. What are the promises? First, that it may, say it with me, that it may go well with you. Does that mean I'll never have problems? I'll never have difficulties? I'll never be short of funds? No, that's not what that means. Well, what does it mean? Here's what it means. God sees you obeying him by obeying your parents and loving them. And it is so important to him that he says, I will work behind the scenes to help you and bring you success and teach you a higher way because I mean what I say. I want it to go well with you. And a prophet said this to a wicked king in 2 Chronicles 16. Everybody say it with me, please. The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth so he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. That's God's promise to you. If you'll change your attitude, if you'll show respect and honor, and that means for teachers, that means for your boss, that means for a highway patrolman, that means for everybody that he puts above you. And secondly, <clears throat> that you may have long life on the earth. Well, does that mean everybody's going to live to be 110 like Joshua? No, but I want to show you this. 
This is my mom's mom, Eva Crenshaw. Godly woman, school teacher, loved her Bible, loved her Savior. She died four months short of 110. Whenever I'd get home to Carolina, maybe she'd go to bed about 9 or 9.30. I'd always slip in her room. I'd always kneel beside her bed, and I called her mom. And sometimes she'd say, Steve, I have no idea why the Lord has left me here so long. And I would say, Mama, it may be to pray for me. I'd say, stretch out your hands. And she'd reach from under the cover and put her big, she had the longest fingers. And she'd place them on my head and pray. And I know heaven would open up. I'll tell you something else about that woman. She never missed church all her life. Last two years was in a wheelchair. And she'd have to stay in bed the rest of the day. But she said, I I will be in the Lord's house. I will honor him. So in some ways, your dad is like the hammer. And your mom is like the chisel. And they will guide you. They will protect you. They will shape you. And just remember, they lived a lot longer than you. They have a lot more wisdom than you do. And here's something I never, never thought of. God would actually speak to my parents when they had no knowledge of what I was talking about. And they would tell me what they thought was best. And it always was right. If you listen to them, you'll avoid so much hurt, so many bad choices, if you just listen. And we're going to worship these last moments. Maybe you're six or maybe you're eight and you've just been so angry at your parents or maybe you're 30 mom and dad have hurt you and you just never let it go why don't you leave it here at the altar let it go just let it go and love them in the Lord so let me pray Father thank you that your word is healing and is true I pray tell your folk what you want them to do and they will do it and for anyone in the room that's not given their heart to Christ or watching online, may they just say, Lord Jesus, I need you today. I'm tired, I'm tired. I surrender today. Make me your child. In Jesus' name. As the worship team leads us in a final time, this altar is open and there's people here that will pray with you. But whatever he wants to do, Let him hear you say yes.
We just thank you for washing us clean. You paid everything, God, and we didn't have to do anything but believe in you. Thank you that we are who you say we are, God. That we are your children. Help us to do unto others, God, and and walk in obedience the way you want us to all the days of our lives. Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Um, Don't forget the little kids. (laughs) Thank you for joining us online at Church of the Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take the next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. 
There's also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can be praying for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.